these combos We gon' show you how the world goes AG's combos We gon' show you how the world goes AG's combos We gon' show you how the world goes Take a look at the world We livin' in it falling apart Quick the class muscle and guns But don't show hard Time to spark a conversation Let that be a lesson in the booth, call it confession. Chains of oppression links us together. Any stormy weather, red, blue, black, or white, we can do better. It's AD combos, pay attention. Make links, break chains, yeah, that's the mission. I said, yeah, that's the mission. AD's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. AD's combos, we gon' show you how the world goes. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to AG's Convos. We are on episode number 71. We are back in the PCB studio. It's me, AG, with Mr. Kenny Schmidt. What up, doe? What's happening, man? Not much, brother. Yeah, it's a, it's a war zone over at the studio, so... Yeah. A lot of noise, a lot going on over That's there. That's why I called and asked you, like, uh, what are we doing here? I don't, I, is we still coming to the PC or are we going? Yeah, it's uh, it's about time. We could start talking a little bit more about it. You know, we've got uh, we've got some official modifications taking place over at uh, GB Entertainment Studio over at the building. Super exciting times. We got a... Uh, we got a new tip. I'm still not going to say too much. There's a few people that know at this point what's happening. But yeah. until I got something to show you when we actually get there, until I got something to show you when we actually get there, I don't want to say nothing. Because oh, yeah. the last thing I want is people knocking on the door of my door or their door saying, hey, I didn't know this was happening. What's going on? Can I see? Can I see? <laughs> I'm like, we ain't ready for all that shit. It's a work in progress right now. But right. trust me when I tell you, it's about to go down. Oh yeah, in I, Independence, I Ohio. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a really big deal, man, and it's it's so wide spreading. You know what I mean? It's not just a music thing. It's not just the AG's convos thing. It's not just a GB Entertainment thing. It's a whole movement, man. So I'm super excited about that. One thing that's super exciting about this episode, before we get too deep into what we want to talk about, we got a we got a caller today. Mm. Of all people. Mr. Alonzo Clinney is back in the building. He's back. He's back. As a matter it. of fact, man, it's it's uh it's been several, several months now since uh since he's been on the podcast. So of course that means that this is another Links Not Chains episode. It's been a while since we had one. It's been all ladies since. It was yeah. Denise and Janice he was, he and Alicia was and this lady and that lady. Everybody but Zoe. Everybody Zoe was but Zoe. Gone. Been on. And, and people loved that part of the podcast. Yeah, they do, I know man. they did. So I was like, ah, when my boy coming back. Yeah, it was it was it's been kinda um lonely without him <laughs> as it relates to that particular yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot going on with Links Not Chains right now, and I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot going on. on with Alonzo right now, so I'm giving. I'm looking forward to him uh, kind of speaking to some of that. But uh, I did want to put that out there. He should be calling us pretty soon. Uh, some big announcements coming from him. I want to throw a couple things out there for him that I know he's going to be excited to hear. So yeah, man. Let's. Uh, as a matter of fact, here he is now. Let's get Alonzo Quinney on the phone. Hello, Alonzo Quinney. 
What? Are you back in the building? Are you back on AG's Converse? Link's not changed, bro. What up, though? What's happening, man? What's happening, man? Not much, bro. Hey, we doing what we always do. Welcome back. That's what's up. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yes, it is, man. You uh, you got a lot of catching up to do. But before we get into any of what's been happening, what in the hell happened? Where you been, man? I, well, let, me, let me rephrase that. Everybody knows right. something happened. But I was never going <laughs> right. to be the one to tell that story. I said, you got to hear it from the horse's mouth. Right. So, Mr. Ed, can you please tell us what's going on, brother? All right. Well, hello, sweet world. I'm back. I'm back. I had a a situation. You know, sometimes when you're dealing with people and the thing that you're doing is just a little too much to handle. Mm. And in my situation, uh, where there comes a time where some people just don't believe in your change. Mm. What you do know, you mean by that? Everyone is not. What, what I mean is, in here, when you're in prison, there are people who may feel that, hey, you know, yeah, you're doing good. It looks good. It looks right. But I still don't believe it. Mm. So what I'm finding myself doing is uh, constantly have to prove myself. And I, and I know that that's just part of the process. Right. So when things don't go my way, I've learned how to just be still. Good you know, So that's, that was the space, the space that I was in. Uh, things were going great for us, of, of course. Things were going great in my life, and I just ran into some bumps in the road. You know, you have haters. You have people out there that, you know, may feel that you outshining them or they may feel, or they might just don't understand sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we, we leave it up to, I leave it up to the Lord for that type of situation. So in that space, when I relied on God, what I heard was just be still. Mm. Well, um, I appreciate that. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to make yeah. you put nobody on blast, even though oh, I can, yeah, I kind of I mean, want to, I ain't gonna lie. There's some people on the on the There's some people that's kind of gotten in the way of our progress, as yes. it relates to how we communicate it to the public. But you still been doing what you've been doing. I'm still doing what I'm that's doing. Right. And guess what, that's man? Right. Guess what, man? Yes. I've been looking forward that's to what? bringing this to the to the table, to bringing this to the public, ladies and gentlemen. Effective yesterday, just yesterday, June seventh. Links Not Uh-oh. Chains is officially a Link's five. It is officially a five hundred one c three appointed oh, yes. organization. <laughs> yeah, let's go. We, we got credentials now. Okay, we got credentials. We official now. Yes, yes. So, so ladies yes. and gentlemen, when Amen. I tell you everything, it, it think about think about where we were twelve months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Pandemic. We had literally mm-hmm. just started this process. We had literally just started having these conversations. We were just trying right. to introduce some ideas. 
And the fact of the matter is, it takes a while to get a 501c3 designation. I didn't mm. realize that. Yeah, because you filed that a long time ago. I filed it in October. Oh yeah. yeah. But we got ours pretty quick. I know people that are still waiting. Mm. Oh yeah. Well, when you official, when you official, you is just official, you know. And sometimes, I mean, that just goes on to say, man. And and I'm and I'm so I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for us. I'm so happy us. for this movement. You know, it's it's been a long time coming. Yeah. As of as of earlier today, I just graduated a Tyro class uh-huh. and. A Tyro class. A Tyro is a leader. Okay. A leadership class. Wow. Uh, I want to say 423. I received leadership training by the Ohio Department of Mental Health Services. Oh, I received 40 hours. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, just, I just got certified as a peer recovery support, support coach. Wow. And what that looks like is, oh yeah, eighty men in their journey. The same work, the same work that I was doing with eighty is the same thing. But in this retrospect, is with uh, recovery service. Right. Wow. And this is a great accomplishment because ODRC has never offered this type of training or programming. So we are like those grassroots guys. Right. And we started that program up with uh, ten other ten other institutions. We wow. went through. 16 hours of e-based training. Damn. We went through 40 hours of via Skype with two facilitators from Omas. Hmm. And then we had... Uh, Omas, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Omas, that's an mm-hmm. acronym. What does it stand for? Keep the people informed, brother. Okay, so Omas, Omas is the leading recovery service uh, department that is attached to the great state of Ohio. And what it stands for is Mental Health and Addiction Services. Mm. Ohio Mental Health and Addiction Services. Mm-hmm. Oh my. That's and, what's up. And, and the, the man at the top is uh, a man named Moses Ellaby. Mm. And Chelsea Baker is the head administrator over the Mental Health Department for ODRC. Man, listen. Clap and, for him. Clap yeah. for him. Look at Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> make more moves than anybody outside. Man, I know so many lazy mofos sitting at home right now listening to to social media posts and listening to, you know, celebrities on TV talk about their food and talk about their vacations. And here you are in jail making a difference. Hey. Also, the highlight of my career has been marrying my beautiful wife. Yeah. Oh, baby, too. Let's go. Yeah. Alonso Cooney is a married man. Yes, I am in the game. Congratulations. Now, that's the real game. Congratulations. For sure. Man. You so know. 421 mm, mm, mm. is my marriage date, 2022. And. Mm. I cry like a baby. Yeah, I seen I seen I the pictures, mind, bro. It, 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 you look real good in there too. <laughs> hey, you know we, we know you get soft when you get emotional. Man, you, you, listen, got that, man. you got that you got that tough guy shell in there. 
Hey, congratulations. You know, we, me. we had your wife on on a pod immediately following the wedding because that was a huge okay. that was a huge part of our story. You right. know what I mean? Your story, you are a huge part yes. of our story. So you taking yes. that step is a huge part of our story. So, you know, the first chance I had to speak on it. I announced that it was coming. I announced when it happened. She was on the pie when it happened. She said, I was married. I was married now. She went she went straight color purple with it. I'm like, Celie, cut it out, Celie, cut it out. But she her, she was so like hurt the smile on her face. Like I was like, dude, yes. I you made her yes. a very, very happy woman with that. I called her later yeah. today. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing your husband later on today. And she just, she, you okay. could hear her beaming through the phone. Right, she did. I was like, it does sound weird to say that, don't it? She was like, not to me. <laughs> hey, we love it, man. You know. What's Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. And, that, and, and that's, that's the spirit. I, I feel like today, part of unity and community is building that community. It's Absolutely. about people coming together and doing not just what's right but what's spiritual you know absolutely and that's that's what ties that's what bonds the community you know we just connected spiritually just with links not change links not change is, is a spiritual connection for many people all those listeners out there everyone who who has an opportunity to to tune in it's a, it's, a, it's a family. We're a family, you know? And Absolutely. It's about change. It's just our turn, honestly. But this is what it looks like when men grow up. Mm. Well, now we can officially allow other people to be a part of that family because we got our Amen. 501c3 designation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, this, you know, there was, a not, there was a lot to announce on this episode. That, yeah. was, that was one of the big ones, you know what I mean? The fact that, Amen. you know, we're official. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I love it when we have Links Not Chains episodes because I think it goes beyond it goes beyond whatever it is we're talking about. And it kind of draws people beyond the interest of the topic and to the interest of their participation. So it's like let, this ain't just about something that you might find interesting to listen to. This is about something you might find interesting in participating. Participating. In. Yes. You know what I mean? So let's, let's be a part of that. And, you know, another mm -hmm. big part of that is, you know, some of the moves that are taking place at the studio, that's taking place at Grace Corp, that's taking okay. place at the building. We ain't going to get into a lot of that today, but I'm going to tell you right now, the way that puzzle piece fits into Links Not Chains, it is going to be a huge, huge game changer. Mm. Huge game changer. Like, I didn't even see this coming. I didn't even I didn't even fathom it in this direction. But now that it's official, now that yeah. we have that 501c3, now that these pieces are already falling in place, now that this modification is already taking place, it's like three months from now, not six months, not 12 months, three months from now, complete yes. game changer. So, again, you know, I have extended the olive branch. I've made it possible for any and everybody listening to these podcasts to be a part of this process. And yes, I'm kind of I'm kind of tickling you a little bit with some of this information. 
But that's because everybody can't be on the ground floor. Right. But if you know what's coming, and if anybody that knows me knows, anybody that knows me, they know that if I say that something big is going to happen, something big is going to happen. And I want everybody to be a part of that in some capacity. But at this point, you have the opportunity to actually be a part of the direction, a part of the manifestation of this. So I'm just kind of putting that out there. Anybody that wants to be a part of that, give me a call. I'm going to tell you how you can participate. I'm not asking for your money, but I'll take it. (laughs) I'm not asking for your participation, but I'll take it. But there are so many moving parts to this whole process that's going to take a lot more than just me, a lot more than just my board, a lot more than just Ken, a lot more than just Alonzo to make it happen. And you can help. That's it. I've said it 50 times on this podcast. You heard Janice say it. You heard Denise say it. There's so much you can do to participate in this process. And now everybody that sat back and said, well, let me know when you're ready. Let me know when it's real. It's real. Mm-hmm. We here. It's official. That 501c3 makes everything different. There's corporations. There's organizations that are already on board. Judges. Uh, prosecutors. Lawyers, magic. It's it's about to get busy. It's about to get exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. The question is, are you about to come home? Any progress there? Anybody? Because everybody asks me, when's Alonzo coming home? I know when he comes up. I I, I wish I could say he'll be um, home on Thursday, but right. Yeah. right. So right now, what, what what it looks like is <clears throat> I received. 10 years at the parole board in 2018 Mm -hmm. due to a change in the law uh, for juveniles. I was actually not allowed to receive more than five years at the board. So they took five years back and put me on notice that I would be actually going to the board again next year. Mm. So what this looks like is preparation now. And I've been in prep ever since. I mean, you you guys know the work that I've been putting in. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's about me changing who I am, me being in control of who I am, me working on who I am so that I can be an asset to the community. And one of the biggest stories that I look forward to telling when that opportunity does take place is that it's all about the youth. It's all about our children. It's all about us uniting and coming together to prevent certain circumstances and situations from happening in our communities. So I am highly elated about the the, the services that we can provide because there are a lot of men who are really got who are really making the, taking the steps to change their lives. Yes. And we are looking for just those opportunities and second chances to come out there and have that space created uh, prior to being released. And post in play is everything, you know, because I believe our men should be in place to help our young men and uh, to help, you know, establish what family looks like, you know, and, yes, and we need to love on each other, just like we love on each other on, on these on these phones and 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 uh, through links not change, we build these bridges. That's what it's about, man. It's about us coming together for public health. Absolutely. And and to me, that's everything. So that is that is my that's what I advocate for. I'm an advocate for 
anybody who who, who can't do something for themselves. You know, my hand so. stays open. And that means a lot of stuff go out of my hands and a lot of stuff comes into it. Because if I have my hand closed, then I can't receive. That's it. And I can't give. That's right. So that's the type of person that I am today. That's what I'm looking to, forward to presenting. And that's what I look forward to uh, bringing to my family, my new family, my we new family relationships that's right speaking of family I'm gonna ask the one question Mm -hmm. everybody wants to know just because everybody Uh wants to know you just got married right yes did they let you do the conjugal thing bruh well, unfortunately uh, unfortunately all I can get you know at this time for the record is a nice Hug and kiss. Ah. And I'm going I'm to I'm keep the rest of myself. <laughs> Come on, ODRC. <laughs> this man been locked down for 26 years. <laughs> and he got married. All right, give us some conjugal visits, yeah. baby. Can I get a dark room <laughs> for 24 hours? Hey, right. listen, man. We got, yeah, it's, we it's, got this thing that we do. We got this thing that we do, man, that we're in the space. Right. That uh is we saving the best for last. So and following the rules is very important too. You know, being Absolutely. on top in uh in the situation I am, I have more good news. I've been given an opportunity to head uh our reentry department down here as a library aide. Oh, okay. you. that is that oh my goodness, that is amazing to to have your own office in your own department and, and, and have that space to actually help me in. It shows what the administration thinks. Wait, 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 wait. Shows what our is- did, you say, did you say you got an office? Yes. I ain't yes. even got an office. I don't even have an office. <laughs> <laughs> he got an office in jail. Look, 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 be still. Yes, sir. Be still. Well, you know, I got an office. I'm just being. Right, right. But no, man, that's amazing, dude. I mean, who yeah. who don't hear the story and think Shawshank Redemption? Man. He could be doing taxes in that man. boy in a minute. Hey, but don't pull right, a Shawshank, right. please. Please. Oh, no, please. no, no, no. It's all, it's all, it's all straightforward. I'm yes, sir. So yes, I want to give a shout out to uh, Annette Chambers Smith. Yes, sir. And her movement that she's putting in the place. I want to give a shout out to our warden here, uh, Warden Foley and our deputy wardens, Ms. Freeman and, and Mr. Reynolds. They are actually moving this institution in a smooth way mm. of transitioning and promoting not just uh, uh, public health and public safety, but community and unity, you know, among staff, community and residents. So we got yes, we got sir. some good things going on here at Grafton Correctional Institution. This is the place to be. This is the number one reentry uh home that's geared towards sending people home and we're starting peer support here. Uh and you heard it from me. We yes, move it together sir. as a unit. So no no one will be left alone. This I mean from the staff to the community to to our residents. We got a beautiful thing going on here, and I'm just so happy to be a part of it, you know. Yes, sir. And it feels good to be in that space. And for those who don't know, Annette Chambers-Smith is? Annette Chambers-Smith is the director of ODRC. Period. She is, uh, period, that's point blank. She runs all 27 prisons and some more. And she has a, a concept that is built on 
a family and friends, and she understands uh, recidivism real well and how to change that narrative. So they're helping us prepare for for the right thing. It's just up to the individual. So that's our job as peer supporters to help guide guys along the right path. And that space has never been there before because it was always up to staff and then, you know, for us to make that change. But now we're all working together. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. I've, I, out of 27 years of being incarcerated, I've never seen anything like it. And I'm all for it because it's all positive. You know, and so shout out to ODRC. Shout out to ODRC and shout out to the women movement. You know what I mean? To have a woman in a for position sure. of power at that level and to for have sure. her be as engaged as she is. And not only the lives of the inmates, you know, she's not. She's not centering herself around the big blue wall, if you will, as we know it. You know what I mean? She feels as much compassion towards the people that are under her as she do the people that works for her. And that goes a long way, man. I I really appreciate that. So one of the things that I'm really, really curious about as it relates to some of the things we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, You know, we've got a huge situation and I'm not trying to change shifts too much, but we haven't really had a lot of input from you about some of the current events that's taking place out here. And one of the topics that's kind of been flooding the, uh, I guess, the news circuit right now is the gun reform issue. You know, one mass shooting after another, after another, after another. I'm assuming that there's people on the inside that are watching these situations. There's a lot of inmates with children in school. There's a lot of inmates with adult children that have access to guns. What has stories like Uvalde and Buffalo and I don't know if you heard about the one in Racine, um, Iowa or Wisconsin, the guy that uh, uh, that they shot up the funeral and Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, they shot up the little block party. I mean, it's it's crazy, crazy out here. I almost feel like you might be safer in there than we are out here, which don't make sense to say out loud, but it's ridiculous, man. What's going on? Well, fortunately for us, even though we're incarcerated, we get news way faster than you guys do out there. Yeah. When things go on in our communities. That is the life of that underworld. It is 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 crazy as it may sound, it's true. Right. And it's sad. It's sad. I mean the the, the concepts that that people are living by is 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 a belief system of you know lawlessness. Yeah, and, unfortunately. You know, so so we talking about human beings now. We talking about humanity, and and the uh, the lack of love or respect for life. That is sad. So we we've been doing a lot of prayer for people. Uh, we have visuals in our chapel all the time. Shout out to Ron Smith. He's a wonderful chaplain here. Uh, we keeps our community wrap tight and, and we do the work. We do the work in the community. So what this looks like for me is gun prevention uh is 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 is, is it needs to be gun safety. I mean it's just my opinion. Yeah. I believe that people really need to be educated. I don't think people need to be disarmed. Uh because I mean, it's a part of American society to have access to guns. You, you know, you'll never you'll never convince Republicans to suggest to their constituents to stop right. their acts, you know, to stop 
embracing right. their right to use guns and to have guns and to do this and to do that. That's just a part of who we are as a society. But to try to normalize the idea of people Correct. walking into these um, public schools. settings, into these school systems or whatever, mm-hmm. and shooting up the place, man, that, that you got to draw the line somewhere. You know what I mean? And again, you know, we're talking about inmates. We're talking about guys who may have even been a part of this community, a part of this community of violence before going in. You know, they got to be looking at this going. I mean, especially like somebody like yourself. You know what I mean? This this wasn't the norm when we were out here on the streets. You know what I mean? You ain't see people walking into elementary schools. I mean, don't get me wrong. We know people took guns to school when we were in school, but you only did it if you only use it if you had to use it to scare somebody, use it to to settle a situation. You didn't go into a classroom and literally shoot everybody. There was a teacher in one of those Uvalde classrooms. He had 11 students. All 11 of them died that day. Yeah. And he's like, you know, yeah, I understand you. You know, there's 11 families out here that lost a student. I lost, I mean, that lost a, a child. I lost 11 mm-hmm. children that I was directly and personally responsible for on the same day at the same time. And he took two bullets. Yeah. It's, listen, though, I, um, I'm it, it, just thinking about it is sad because I can't even imagine having that mindset to where I have no shame. Right. And I think when people, whether they're on drugs, whether they are running in cliques and I mean, whatever this, this, this mindset that is floating around our communities, mm-hmm. it's a lack of empathy. It's a lack of shame. I mean, no, I mean, when you have no shame uh, for, for human life, when you don't just don't care. Right. That is serious. That is serious. That is something different. So, so, so I, I, I appreciate your input on this issue. I know, you know, we no always problem. got we always got limited time. It was really good to catch up with you again. It's been a long time, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, we need to get you I back on you soon. Down. Love you too, bro. Right. Uh, we not waiting no four, six, seven months before you come <laughs> back on again. I'll be back, man. I'm coming back. That's what's up. I just That's had to be still. I just had to be still. Be still. Take it easy. Be merry. love and remember. Link's not changed. Link's not changed, bro. <laughs> y'all do y'all for me. Thanks for calling in, bro. We appreciate you. No problem. And salute, man. Yes, yes sir. Congratulations. It, it's always good to hear from that dude, man. It's been so long since he's been on, though. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, it, it didn't seem long once he got on. Right. Yeah. It's like it seemed like it was like yesterday he was right. just on, but <laughs> I, as I start thinking about it, like, yeah, it's only been on January? Like, December? Only time we had we had recordings of him, but we never really had him on. Though. <laughs> I don't think he's been on. Was he? I don't think he's been on since the first Expressions of Love event. Did he come on at all after that? Has he ever been on at the building? No, never. Never been on no, at the building. No. So yeah, once you once we left from down here, it was like he's he has. I think it was on. Expressions of Love, which was August of last year. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, but yes, yes, it it was nice to have Alonzo on, and as I mentioned on that episode, I mean on that uh, phone conversation, we want to have a few different types of conversations. But one of the things we're definitely going to talk about is this issue of gun control because of what we're dealing with with the Uvalde situation. But before we get in that, I'm gonna talk to Booz. I want to get him 
I, I want to make sure he good. I want to find out what's going on in his life. How your week going, man? Oh, everything great, brother. You know, I gotta know. check your mentals. I'm, I'm, I gotta do my GB7 right, podcast. I'm, I gotta do my Dave. I'm, I'm chilling, bro. You know me. I'm on mm-hmm. my uh, same old, same old, trying to up. make things uh, happen and 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 waiting for things to happen. Actually, right? Yeah, you uh, you're in an interesting environment, you know, with some of the uh, craziness that's happening in the world of politics right now, and being in that hospital. You got to be seeing some of the backlash of that. You know what I mean? People are frantic right now with gas prices being with the oh R. My God. With, with, you know, everybody's mad at the president. He's trying to get all of these. Like, I know one of the major pushes that he had recently was to make sure that veterans had certain um, um, medical protections and oh, yeah. a couple of different things, a couple of different bills and um, policies he just had put into effect for um, I guess veterans going through different medical conditions and making mm-hmm. sure certain things are covered and things of that nature. So I'm assuming you're probably seeing some of that. Maybe you're seeing some heavier traffic at the hospital. I don't oh, yeah. Know. It's, a lot of, it's a lot of traffic at the hospital, actually. Yeah. Um, a lot of things going on there uh, I really don't know much about. Because, I mean, like I, I was telling you before, our, our, our department that I work in is kind of like the separate yeah, entity from the, yeah. from the hospital, but in the hospital, though. You know what I'm saying? We serve right. veterans. We do everything that the hospital... We we live by the same model, but we work a little differently. And um, they got some new things coming into play where they're trying to like make sure that the whole hospital is on one accord. And my department just been running with a, like a chicken with their head cut off, basically, hmm. um, trying to uh, make the... every just like get everything up to par for what they asking them to do. Right. And it's causing some people to do more work and it's causing, uh, it's, it's not, it's, I ain't gonna say it's causing, causing me to do more work. It is causing me to schedule more appointments in the mm-hmm. system that I usually wouldn't schedule in the system, but now I have to because, um, that before they would just tell me like, I'm, I want to, do a telephone call with this patient. Can you call him and let him know right. that I, I want to call and talk to him on this day at this time? Hmm. But they was never putting it in the computer. Like, mm-hmm. I never had to schedule that as an appointment. But they was like, y'all was supposed to be scheduling those as appointments. The, the whole time? The whole time. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they basically wasn't getting no credit for it. They was It was like they was pulling veterans out the sky and saying, oh, we serve this veteran. Like, where's the paperwork? Right. Nothing's mm. attached to nothing. Well, I know I just did a little check. That new bill, it's it's a hundred percent about the VA healthcare system. Yeah. So um, I guess one of the things they wanted to make sure of was that women getting mammograms was covered. Um, VA, you know, specifically veterans, um, people dealing with toxic burn pits, and some of the backlash from that was a part of it. And then another big one was breast cancer screening. So mm. he signed, I think, two or three bills into place yesterday or today mm. surrounding those particular issues. So I figured that's why I said I figured it's probably. Yeah, I, I mean, a weird we just time. we recently probably within the last three or four years, um, they recently did add on the addition to the hospital, which is the women's clinic, mm. which nobody really ever i've i've been over there a few times for some trainings uh right. or some classes 
but they were still kind of building in there, so we didn't know what it was going to be. But it's it's open now, so mm. um, they got signs saying that they got the women's clinic open and all that. So uh, yeah, that's a big thing. <laughs> no, it's funny because um, that kind of does spill a little bit into one of the things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're dealing with some crazy gas prices. We're dealing with some crazy politics. We're dealing with some crazy wars. wars yeah. Everybody's worried about the economy. But I'm always curious about how much foresight, how much preparation the government has for some of the things, some of the things that we end up dealing with that seem kind of all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But all of the parts and pieces just happen to already be in place. Right? Yeah. So he just signed this bill into place yesterday or today. Mm. Right. Giving, you know, women these mammogram treatments and, you know, breast screenings and whatever else. It's like, oh, okay, so now they got to modify the hospital. Oh, well, you just said, well, no, we just opened the wing of the hospital. Oh, they've been building on that for a minute and it's finally open. Just happened to open the same day. You know what I mean? Within the same couple of days or weeks or whatever of this bill going through. So they had to know some of this was coming. Yeah, they I think the government knows a lot of things that's coming. Uh, with this virus, with the gas, with everything, they all know. They all they know beforehand. It's just because they always forewarn you. Like they always be like, "Well, at the by June, gas will be at five dollars." It's June, right. gas is at five dollars. Right. You know what I'm saying? Who saw that coming? By we the did. end of the summer, it'll be at seven. Oh, by the end of the summer, we we'll probably see seven. Bank on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then it gets you to thinking. Well, if you can kind of foresee everything how much are you manipulating the process manipulating it that's why i said that that vaccine and all that crazy shit like i took my first one yeah i ain't going back for no more y'all not about to keep telling me that all right it's gonna get worse in these months right and then it all of a sudden get worse right how do you know that how do you know that that was because we know we know how the vaccine is going to trigger <laughs> I don't understand that so I said I'm cool I'm not taking right. no more shots I'm not giving you I got one. my first one and I'm just going to stay away from people y'all, y'all tripping <laughs> dude I'm not getting no boosters no nothing but man I mean it's kind of it's kind of creepy when you start thinking about it on that global level like we know that this is going to happen we're going to manipulate certain things into happening so that we can get certain reactions from the public and so that we can initiate certain activities I mean, I think that's how the a lot of people believe that's how the Patriot Act came into play. Mm. A lot of people believe that George Bush was fully aware of what was going to happen on September 11th, Mm. which is why Building 7 failed, because it had all of this other stuff in it that was so relevant to the release of the Patriot Act. Without the Patriot Act, half of the stuff we're complaining about right now, we don't complain about because Mm. the government don't have the rights and don't have the laws and don't have all of these protections in place or these policies in place that allow them to listen to your phone calls and and tap into your camera feeds and use your cell phone as a monitoring monitoring device or a listening Mm -hmm. device. All of that is legal now because of the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. You know, so did you create the circumstances that allow this to become a legal thing. Oh, yeah, they definitely did that. And did it under the guise of a terrorist attack? You know, a lot of people believe that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get into the conspiracies, but at the end of the, at the it's end of the day. It's ultimately what it is, though. It's, it's all like, if you look at it, I mean, that's what it looked like. It looks exactly what we're talking about. Right. So now, what's the big issue this week? Gun control. Mm-hmm. Can't get away from it. Yeah. We had another, and we touched on it, you know, last week. We kind of tingled with it a little bit. But 
you cannot ignore the impact of an 18 year old, essentially teenager that's 366 days old. I don't care how far into 18 he was, right. it don't matter. He was 17 less than 12 months ago. He's still a kid. Mm -hmm. Went into a gun store, bought legally bought an assault rifle in Texas. You can buy damn near anything. In I mean, realistically, at 13, you can go buy a shotgun. Mm. Okay, but he went and bought an assault rifle because it's legal. Shot his grandmother, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Then went into an elementary school and killed 21 people, 19 students and two teachers. Yeah. And I was watching this interview yesterday. They finally interviewed the teacher from room 111. Yeah, the one that, that uh, lost all her kids? His. It was a guy. Oh, yeah, his kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He had 11 students in his class. All 11 of them died. He was shot twice, but somehow lived. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine having and, to and deal with And he said that. the police was outside. They were, so do you. Literally outside. I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but from the time the shooting started to the time the police showed up was just a matter of minutes. Yeah. From the time the police showed up to the time the shooting ended, when the guy literally shot himself, an entire hour had passed. Yeah. So they were in the building, literally listening to this dude shoot kids, trying to talk him out of it. We don't want to hurt you. The kids are dialing 911 from inside the classroom saying, we hear the police. Why aren't they coming in? They're standing in the hallway afraid to shoot the guy or afraid to get shot themselves. I'm not really sure what the fear bulletproof was. Bulletproof vest is on and all. Right. And that's what the teacher said. Y'all got on bulletproof vest. I ain't got on nothing. And I'm trying to protect 11 kids. Mm -hmm. I failed miserably. No surprise there. You yeah. didn't even try. Y'all ain't even. And then the parents was, it was some parents was outside too, trying to get Listening the to their kids getting shot. Could you imagine that? Trying to get in there and they was telling them, no, stand back. Like, I will go in there and die for my kids. You got me messed Wouldn't, up. Now, you going to shoot me on my way in, but you won't shoot him while he's in there shooting? I mean, I, to your point, I think at some point I would have just said, I'm not listening to y'all. I'm going in. Oh, no. I, I, if it was, I think <laughs> people would have went in, but it, I, it, it's, it was crazy how they just did not respond to that situation how they were supposed to respond Properly. to that and, and that was ridiculous. Like, these are little kids, man, and they just dying like little uh, rabbits in the backyard. And it ended up being an off-duty, um, uh, what you call it, um, Border Patrol officer that kind of put the stop to it with all these cops inside the building. He like, fuck it. Y'all ain't going to do nothing. I'm going to do something. Grabbed his own gun, went in and did what he had to do. Mm. It's like, how is that possible? That so now there's a Department of Justice, FBI investigation into the whole play out. Like something is just off here. Yeah. And they something said it was, was security off. in there, but he was somewhere. I, well, a story, alleged story was the security officer that was in the building was somewhere stealing money out of the book bags of the kids. Well, I never heard that. I, I heard a, it was a story on my timeline that said that. And I was like, if that was real, if that's a real story, that's ridiculous. If he and he had been doing it for so long. So but you he know wasn't what is at, his, a real story? At, at his post. You know what is a real story? What's that? The video shows the kid with his assault rifle walking right past the officer. Mm outside the building. Before he ever walked in, he literally walked right he didn't even walk. He kinda like trotted, jog, not jogged, but was trotting past the officer 
who was standing outside, had an assault rifle, and you see it on the video. Like, who let anybody go into an elementary school with with an assault rifle? He was standing there. You can see it. Wow. So there's there's something going on. It's crazy, though, because shout out AG Convos, because this is the first time that I've actually had this conversation on any of the podcasts I ever do. Everybody's straying away from it because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. But you know it's, me. I mean, it's it's it. He'll he'll say that it, it's a problem and we need gun reform, but not to talk about the situation. And I'm like, dude, we need to talk about the situation. We got to talk about it. We the, can't. We can't situation not talk is real. about it. And that's you know, it's not a comfortable conversation. Trust me. I'm yeah, the first it's person not to say comfortable. That. I don't even. I I get why people don't want to talk about. I it have an 11 year old daughter. Kids. That we talking about being shot up and just to talk about the how the police didn't go in there or how the kids were shot up or just details is it's not a comfortable conversation. It's not. It's not, especially for a parent. And not for a parent. You know what I mean? And I'm not even a parent, but I know for a fact that I, as an uncle, I wouldn't have let it happen. Right. Shout out to my little one. Yeah. She got mad at me last week. She was like, did you say anything about my birthday? I was like, no, because it hadn't happened yet. Your birthday has happened at this point. Everybody don't need to know when your birthday is, much. <laughs> but yes, my baby girl is now 11, so shout out to yes, my baby. Yes, sir. Happy I didn't even know she was still that young. I thought she was up there, but I thought about it like, dang, you're only 15. So. That's because she's massive. Right. She's, she's like she's, five foot three. She is tall, though. At 11, and just turned 11 <laughs> a couple days ago. So, yeah, but, you know, I'm sitting here watching this story go down, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, if that was here— that could have very easily been your school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We live in a community that has a middle school, mm-hmm. you know, for that particular age group, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. These kids were 10, 11 years old, third, fourth, fifth graders. And to think that anybody would do something like that to a group that young, it just doesn't make sense. Somebody who's helpless can't even do nothing. Right. Like, I mean, what... It doesn't matter. I really don't care what's going on in their heads because I'm at a point now, like we talked about last week, you know, with the Vegas shooter and some of these other individuals that do these things and we'll never understand why they did it. But you're not supposed to make sense of irrational decisions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's an irrational decision. I mean, there was no rationale to making that decision. Right. So if there was justification in the mind of the sick person that did it, it's not going to be a rational justification to anybody else. So who really cares? Right. The question is, how do we stop it from happening? And this is one of those situations. This is one of those topics where I don't know that you can stop it from happening. Yeah. And that's only because we are so invested and dependent upon the gun laws and the gun availability to maintain our political positioning in our economic stronghold. Yeah. yeah. As a nation, we've come to depend on this. Now, it's predominantly Republicans who benefit from it. Yeah. The general public almost collectively believes that something needs to be changed, but nobody wants to get their guns taken away. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Nobody wants their guns taken away. Okay, so let's leave all the existing guns that are out there out there. And let's not make any new ones. Well, that doesn't work because that's a massive, massive um, 
I guess, business model that completely goes away. Oh, yeah. That, that means Some that- of the oldest businesses in America are gun manufacturers mm-hmm. because we've been shooting people since we got here. Yeah, we, okay? we got to have guns. We got to have guns. <laughs> and, you know, I saw this interesting post earlier. I think it was um, maybe Trevor Noah. Somebody put a post out that said, you know, don't give me this shit about American music and American movies um, or American video games perpetuating gun violence. Mm-hmm. Because no matter where you are in the world, American music is the number one music and American games are the most sold games, but nobody else in the world has the American problem of gun control. No. So one has nothing to do with the other. No, because if that's the case, then it would be shootings in France, it would be shoots everywhere, because everybody do the same thing. We got to have a scapegoat. Yeah. We have to have justification. We have to have some understanding. We have to have somebody to blame in order for us to be comfortable. And the blame is the blame is America. That's the blame. And that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I think because America puts that that mental health thing on people and 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 makes it a thing. And then once it becomes a thing, people just take hold of that and be like, I'm just not in my right mind. I'm just going to go do something. Or I'm going to take that pill. Yeah. So... Again, we're talking about some foresight, right? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we prepare for the inevitable that we create? We're utilizing we went from we went from calling the drug problem a criminal justice problem and then allow people to carry guns. So first we're going to introduce these narcotics into the communities. Mm-hmm. Crack, cocaine, whatever. Because, again, none of that comes in without America letting it in. Yeah, it can't get here on its own. So we're going to create a war on drugs, which was in place long before the war on drugs started. But now everybody can carry a gun. So that gives the gun lobbyists somewhere to go. Right. And then they just kind of hook themselves to the Second Amendment and say, well, not only can we carry guns, but you this is a constitutional right. Right. Mm -hmm. So we go from illegal drug trade bringing billions of dollars into the U.S. government to the sale of guns, bringing billions of dollars into the U.S. government. And now we say, well, the gun issue was actually a mental health issue. And what you need for a mental health issue is the proper medication. Drugs. (laughs) If that don't sound like a fucking loop, I don't know what it is. Right. (laughs) So now it's the pharmaceuticals because we can't go to street drugs. Right. Right? They didn't caught on to that one. So let's drop that shit. So let's make pharmaceutical drugs more toxic and addictive than street drugs and sell them in the fucking well, drugstores. The, the street drugs, what happens to the drugs when they when they catch somebody with a whole bunch of kilos or something? What happens to those drugs? Yeah, oh, they just, they sit in the, they sit in the evidence locker until it just dissolves into outer space. Nah, hell no. Nah. <laughs> They take right. that shit and, and they makes, put it back and, on the street and make some some pills out of it somehow, some way. Man, they put that mix shit it back with on the something street. and be like, yeah, this is it, at its purest form. We can take this and mix this with that and put this and call this uh, metarucharol, right? Ozarks, <laughs> right? Remember the Ozarks? Yeah. <laughs> One of the anybody who was an Ozark fans and didn't I, I'm watch, I, I'm just hip. But yeah, I'm, you hit, but I mean, you don't watch I shit, so it. I ain't worried about <laughs> spilling the beans for you. Spoiler alert, I'm about to throw out some information. So in the last couple seasons, 
No, it was just the last season. In the last season, this huge pharmaceutical company in Chicago needed to get its hands on some narcotics. Mm. They could not get opium. Mm. So they went to the same place that the drug, uh, um, um, the drug lords were going to get their opium, which just happened to be kind of in the premise of the whole show of the Ozark. Yeah. But it's like, look, they needed a new supplier because their supplier kind of went kaput. Some, uh, the, 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 um, the people, the, the characters in the show needed somebody new to sell to. I got product. You need product. Mm. They use opium to make their drugs, just like the streets use opium to make their drugs. It's the same product. Yeah. So now we're going to take the illegal drug trade and sell that poppy seed to a legal pharmaceutical company and reopen our channels. And and make boatloads of money. What's the difference? (laughs) What's the difference? You know what I mean? And again... There had to be some levels of preparation for all of this shit before it happened. But something interesting happened um, over the weekend Mm. or this week. I think it was just yesterday, actually. I didn't know this, but Matthew McConaughey is from Uvalde, Texas. You know Mm. who that is, right? Matthew McConaughey. Is that the actor? The actor, yeah. Yeah, the one that was just Mr. Lincoln Lawyer. On there talking about the gun laws? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I did see that video. Right. He's from... Uvalde, Texas. Wow. Of all places. Wow. And he, okay, don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite actors. I, I love him. He, right? I mean, I love all the movies I've ever watched of his. So once I seen him, I was like, hmm, maybe I need to listen to him because I right. like him. Yeah. <laughs> he, a Time to Kill is one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Lincoln Lawyer. He's a beast. He's a beast. Right? All right, all right. Everybody know who, <laughs> everybody know who Matthew McConaughey is, right? But Watching him address this issue and the frustration that he had and the passion that he put into it because he went and talked to these families because mm-hmm. he said he he lives nearby anyway. He didn't move straight too far away from home. Right. Okay. So when it happened, he says, you know, I hooked my kids a little tighter. Then we loaded up in the truck and we all drove down there just to see what we can do. And now he finds himself in Washington, D.C., sitting in the press office addressing the media about this issue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you can tell that all these dudes are like, why, why me? How is it that I get it and you don't? How is it that I understand what the people want and you're not doing anything to make it happen? Because they don't care. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, man, did you see him? I seen him on his interview. He went, That was crazy. He was like, I'm sick of this. That was the night of. But to me... And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way. Sandy Hook was the worst thing that ever happened in America. Yeah. Because some terrible. kids were half the age. Yeah. They were four, five, six-year-olds. Yeah, that was terrible. That was horrible. That's one of the, one of the ones that I kind of try to forget about until somebody say it. You can't. I, I won't let you forget about I, it. I'm I, sorry. I, I, it's in the back of my mind. But then yeah. when somebody say Sandy Hooks, I'll be like, oh, that, that was terrible. To me, that's that's... That might have been worse than September 11th Mm. because September 11th was, if nothing else, it was a military strike. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's what happens when you play military games. Mm -hmm. And I'm not washing that off either. That was a terrorist attack on U.S. soil. It was the worst of the worst. But for an American citizen to go into an elementary school Mm -hmm. and kill children. 
There's just something that's way, way worse when it's intentional and it's internal. If somebody comes into my neighborhood, and we talked about this, if somebody comes into my neighborhood and decides to shoot it up, then I can at least blame somebody from the outside for doing that. Mm -hmm. But if somebody in my neighborhood decides to shoot up my neighborhood, then it's like, what are we doing to ourselves? Yeah. You know what I mean? That was internal. That was an American citizen wreaking havoc on an American community. But were we kind of expecting that? Did we set up the parts and pieces to make that happen? Was there a bigger mission at hand on the government side? Now, I would say I am 100% certain that Barack Obama knew nothing about Sandy Hook mm -mm. and that Joe Biden knew nothing about Uvalde, Texas. Right. But somebody somewhere was conscious of this and allowed it to take place for whatever reason. And I only say that because... With the Uvalde situation, all those police officers were standing there. Nobody stopped that dude. Nobody. For an hour, he wreaked havoc on an elementary school. I, my thing is, if he, how far was he from that school? Couldn't have been too far. What do you mean? Because he, he committed a crime from the beginning when he shot his grandma. Well, you don't know that until you do the background. So, you know. I don't, I, he, he could have been closer to the school than usual. I don't know, but at the end of the day, once you commit that first crime, we looking for you now. Well, I mean, it's not like he, I mean, because the, the um, that's me pouring, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. The uh, Sandy Hook shooter, he killed his mama before he went to the school, remember? Mm. Same thing. That's what I'm saying. This is about as repeat a pattern as you can have. How do you not have preparation for this? How do you not have checks and balances in place? He was a kid. I think he was 19, 20, something like that. Killed his mama, then went to the school, excuse me, to the school and shot it up. Mm. This dude shot his grandmama, but he didn't kill her. Went to the school and shot it up. What, what's going through these people's heads? And why is it, like why, how does it go that far before somebody say, oh, we need to put a stop to this? We got it. We got it. it it's, it's a problem. But like I was telling you earlier, uh, I was listening to the D.L. Hughley show and they were saying um, that they think, uh, some Republicans think that mass shootings are just a part of our American, American thing. And it happens and we just have to accept it. And it's nah. like, no, we're not accepting that. If I like D.L. Hughley a lot, right, right. I like him enough. He's kind of weird. He's he, weird, he's, but he's on and off. For yeah, me. He, you know he, what I mean? He say stuff that you agree with a lot, but sometimes it's like, D.L., you need to just calm yeah, down. Yeah, chill, dude. <laughs> His position and be off sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. that being said, um, I can't stomach the idea that this is a normal thing. I can't stomach the idea that allowing people to shoot massive amounts of people out of frustration is just something we're supposed to become we're just accustomed, supposed to to. accustomed to. And I mean, now, mind you, it's been mass shootings in the history of America for a long time. There's been a dozen since Uvalde. It's like, what, seven in the past seven days? That's it's somebody like a normal. statistic the other day. There's been more mass shootings this year than days. Mm. That is sad. More mass shooting than days. So that means we're averaging more than one a day. Yeah. 
were averaging more than one a day. How, how is that okay? How is that something you become accustomed to? I think people just have, people have their hands on, people are not afraid of guns. I remember when I was younger, I was afraid of guns. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I was literally, and a lot of people around me were afraid of guns. Like, if we seen a gun, we kind of walked the other way. These kids now, they see a gun and they going straight towards it. Like, mm. uh, let me get that. Let me put that in my hand. Let me wave it around on Instagram. Let mm. me do whatever I need to do. Right. Well, there's a few reasons why that's a problem. The main reason that that's a problem is because we are normalizing something that shouldn't even be considered acceptable. And I'm not talking about death. I'm not even talking about guns. I'm talking about the misuse and the mishandling of how guns interact with the community. With the community, exactly. Because now we're not just letting people have guns and carry guns and use guns, but we're letting people get away with using those guns in a way that affects the entirety of our community, of our society. And we're saying, get used to it. Why? No, I'm not, I'm not getting used to it. I mean, I own guns, but... I'm not, I don't, I rarely carry my gun with me, for real. And people be looking at me like, bro, you got your gun license. Why you ain't got your gun on you? Like, I'm not putting myself in situations where I kind of need it all the time, though. Like, if I go to the hood, yeah, I might have my my smallest gun on me in my car. And not even on me, just in my car. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's in the car. But other than that, I don't think I really need one, but... The way the world working now, it seems like you needed to go to the grocery store. You needed to go anywhere. Right now, the minute you do something stupid, the minute we think you're doing something stupid, the minute you allow yourself to do something stupid, we're going to have a problem on our hands. Yes, a, a big one. There's got to be some self-accountability when it's all said and done. I feel like that's the conversation we need to be having as a as a society as a nation, we need to be having a conversation with our neighbors about the fact that they're letting guns do damage in our own schools. Mm. At what point do we say, hey, th this ain't even about what the government allows to happen. This is about what we allow to happen. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's one of them situations where we have to take responsibility for what's going on and not kind of everybody want to point fingers. Yes. But nobody wants to be the solution to the problems. And Correct. it's a lot of solutions that we have within our own community that can happen. And we don't need the government's and input. And we don't need, uh, there's, there's uh, I mean, I know back in the day, they used to have a lot of gun violence rallies. They used to have yes. all these different things in the community and bring everybody together, even the ones that's responsible, gangs, everybody. Yes. We, we putting y'all all out in the forefront. Right. And Trade make, it in. And, and we're going to make y'all realize that this is our community and we're not about to let y'all take it over. Exactly. And nowadays they don't do that. We got to get back to that. Somehow, some way, we got to find a way to get back to that. That was the nature of the conversation that I felt like was being ignored. I felt like was being kind of sheltered or, or shelved. It's the accountability piece. And it's yeah. something that we always talk about. I don't care what government, I don't care what politicians, I don't care what... The, the, the leaders and the, the businesses are saying or doing about this issue. This is this is something that's happening in our communities that, yeah, they may have some 
leadership control over, but we have day-to-day control over. And Mm -hmm. if we're not stopping these people, we can't expect them to do it because they're getting paid to let it happen. Yeah. So guess what? It's time for us to tighten up our bootstraps and start knocking on some doors, going to these gangbangers, going to these nutbags, going to these mentally disturbed people and saying, hey, look, I know you got guns in there. I know you was bullied as a kid. I know you don't like your neighbors. I know you don't like black people. I know you don't like old people, whatever the situation is. But I'm telling you right now, you need to stop with your crazy ass social media post and get some help or we go fuck you up. Yeah. Because we're not about to let you go into our elementary school to shoot up our kids. It's nope. not going to happen. Mm-mm. We're going to see you coming. Somebody's going to be monitoring you 24 hours a day. Because if there's even an inkling of an idea that you might be looking toward looking toward to doing something stupid, going to a grocery store, going to a school, going to a mall, if, you, if we see social media posts, somebody is going to put you on blast. Somebody is knocking on your door and you might get you might get arrested. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in every in my personal opinion, in every one of these situations, there was somebody that was conscious of the mindset of that individual and did nothing about it. Yeah. And as a result, he was allowed to go in and do what he did to the people in that grocery store, the people in that movie theater or the people in that school and in lives. And yeah. guess what? I'm tired of blaming people who had no idea of this individual. Yeah. And and blaming laws that's in place and blaming yeah. anything. Oh, we shouldn't, the guns shouldn't be allowed. How but they are, are. They've been allowed for, I don't even know how many years since we started. So They are. Blame the person with the gun. Let's, right. let's get to that point. Let's right. get to the point where we hold ourselves and hold each other accountable. It, it always been said, guns don't kill people. Stupid people with guns to kill people. Absolutely. That's it. That That's the nature of this whole conversation. And I kind of want to just, like, throw a dart at it and see what happens. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to see who actually picks up the, the mantle and say, you know what? You're right. Right. Let's, let's stop talking about politicians and lobbyists and gun laws. Because ain't none of that got nothing to do Nothing. Yes. The the laws let somebody walk into a store and buy a gun. Mm-hmm. But the people let that person walk out of the store with a gun with the intention of doing something stupid. The guy that sold that gun. If a bartender can tell you, sorry, I'm not serving you a drink because you look like you're already drunk. A, a gun store owner should be able to say, sorry, I'm not selling you this gun because you're draped in fucking swastikas and we right. live in an all black community. Yeah, not it's not going to happen. I'm not putting a gun in your hand. I'm not giving you the opportunity to do something. Yeah, stupid. It should be. I mean, all types of checks. I, I know they have systems in check. In in place for people who buy guns. Um, I know when I bought my gun, I couldn't. I bought the gun and had to leave the store and get it like probably like later. three days later, right? Because they had to do a background check, right? But if that checks out, then it's like, all right, you can have this gun, right? Uh, there's no what you're gonna go do with it. It's no nothing like. You just, I, I'm just gonna give you. It's your right to have this gun. I'm gonna give it to you. And don't get me wrong. And that's that's cool. Right. But once they leave out that store, it's not that store owner's responsibility for real. No. It's really that person's family and friends around him who knows that he has the gun and supposed to check it at the door. Like, why did you buy that? Or what are you about to do? Or right. Or check on something. Tell somebody. Let somebody know. But nobody, everybody will see that gun and be like, oh, such and such got a gun now. And, oh. 
And trust me, I'm a business owner. I understand if you own a gun store and somebody wants to come in and buy your product, you sell it. You sell it, yes. You know what I mean? But you know malicious intent. Yeah. You know what I mean? You may even have malicious intent as a gun store owner. Right. Just to give it to them and be like, go ahead. Go do something stupid. You know what I mean? Protect yourself at all costs. And, and you know, the, the crazy thing is we talk about these gun lobbyists and we talk about the NRA and all of this other craziness. Even Trump supporters, you know when you're doing something to the detriment of somebody else. Just own up to it. Mm-hmm. Put it on your shoulder. Put it on the billboard so people can look at you and say, keep an eye out for that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't hide it. You know what I mean? I'm so tired of people hiding who they truly are because they don't want to get caught being somebody that nobody likes. Mm -hmm. If you don't like me, you just don't like me. Right. You know what I mean? But I'm going to put it out there. If I'm a Trump supporter or if I'm an Obama supporter, because when it's all said and done, I don't think anybody's like up in arms because they're a Biden supporter. You know what I mean? It's Trump. Trump is the extreme of the right, and Obama is the official extreme of the left because he was a black Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. So you either supported one or the other, and if you supported Obama, you'll never support Trump and vice versa, right? That's just the reality yeah. of the situation. Okay, so put it out there. You know what I mean? And I don't mean that every Trump supporter is a psychopathic redneck right. with, with homicidal racist tendencies. Yeah. I'm not saying that. but. This, if you can acknowledge all the things that Trump represented, and a lot of people go hate me for saying this, but guess what? This is the point. I'm going to put it out there because this is right. who I am. And it don't matter if you hate me for saying it. If you support everything that Trump supported and stood for everything that he stood for, then you have some negative tendencies towards multiple different types of groups of people. Yeah. And people need to be aware of that. And if you're okay in that, if you embrace that, then wear it. And if you don't, then change it. Don't hide it. You know right. what I mean? It's the hiding it part that leads to schools getting shot up because you don't want to necessarily put somebody on blast. And the person you don't want to put on blast shoots up a fucking elementary. Mm-hmm. And we got to sit back and go, who didn't see this coming? And now you got to live with it. You're the gun store owner. Damn, I sold that dude that gun. Mm-hmm. I knew he was nuts. But I gave him the gun anyway. Why? For six hundred dollars? Okay, you made six hundred dollars. You made you made a hundred and twenty dollars in profit, and fucking nineteen kids are dead. You feel good about yourself? Mm. You know what I mean? Because if you do, you shouldn't be selling guns to nobody, especially him. But you shouldn't even have access to the guns in the first place. That's where my head is on this situation. That's a good way to put it. It's bigger than the fucking politicians. It's bigger than the laws. It's bigger than all of that. This is about us. This is about us letting these things happen. And as long as we let it happen, then we're just as guilty as the people pulling the trigger. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where my head is at on this situation. And I want to end it on that. I ain't going to lie. I don't want to dig into this too much. <laughs> I want people to sit back and just absorb that that mindset. Mm-hmm. How, much, how responsible are you for the people walking around with guns in their pocket? And what are you going to do about the shooters or the potential nutbags that shoot up a school that you didn't stop from doing it? Mm. You know what I mean? So that's it. I appreciate Alonzo for calling in. We ain't heard from that dude in so long. It's ridiculous. He's married. He's got an office in prison. An office. (laughs) So amazing. It's amazing. We got a 501c3 in place. I am asking any and everybody with a conscience, with a heart, with a little bit of give to give me a call to look into linksnotchange.org 
to get an idea as to what we're about to do next. Now, I know I said that website and it ain't out there yet. <laughs> but it's coming. But it's coming. Just keep, put, it, put, it, put a bookmark for it. Linksnotchange.org. It's real. It exists. It's just not built yet. But I guarantee you it's coming. Yeah. It might be there before this podcast posts because that's how <laughs> aggressive I am about putting shit out there. But I really do appreciate every single element of this conversation. And I really do hope that people take the time to really invest and engage in their communities enough to know who the nutbags are and to take guns out of their hands. And if they don't like you for it, so be it. I can guarantee you, you'll find five people to knock on his door with you before you find five people that'll shoot you because he's willing to. Because in the, at the end of the day, we're a much stronger community of positive people than we are of negative people. So find like-minded friends, identify the nutbags, take the guns out of their hands and save a life. I appreciate every single one of you guys for listening in. This is AG's Convos, and we out. Convos, we gonna show you how the world goes. AG's Convos, we gonna show you how the world goes.